Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Detox Podcast. Once again, welcome, welcome back to yet another episode, episode 5, wow man, we're flying through these episodes, dude, before you know it, we're gonna be in like 100, 200, so definitely man, once again, if you are here from the previous episodes, uh, welcome back, I truly, truly appreciate you, like you have no idea, and if you're new here, uh, welcome, well, welcome, hope you guys like it. Uh, like I said, this is just me giving my opinions or random stuff, pretty much, that I, you know, note throughout the week, maybe current events, I talk a lot about UFC and sports, so we'll see. Um, if I sound a little better than previous episodes, it's because I got a new microphone, and I can get right here up close and personal with you guys, so, yeah. If I sound good, um, let me know. If I don't, also let me know, because uh, this microphone... This microphone is a little better than the one I had before. So, um, let's jump right into it, man. Let's jump jump right into it. Uh, what happened in the last week that I haven't talked to you guys? Ooh, I went to watch the new Batman movie. I went to watch it on Saturday. Today's Monday, by the way. I record this every Monday. <sighs> new Batman movie. I gotta say, it was really, really good. I was, I was skeptical at first about Robert Pattinson being motherfucking batman but bro the guy can act his ass off as batman i'll tell you that right now i really enjoy the movie now did it need to be three hours long hail to the nah no movie should be three hours long never ever i don't care what movie it is bro i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck it could be any fuck could be the best movie in the world Three hours long, way too long. Fuck you. Fuck you, bro. No movie should be three hours long. I'm over there in the fucking movies. Granted, we went to like the, you know, the ones with the nice seats, reclinable, cushionable. Um, They were good seats, but for three hours, bro, eat a dick. Eat a fucking dick. You know what movies should do instead? And this is coming from, you know, the next Tarantino, by the way. I'm going to be one of the best directors ever. Okay, okay, maybe not the next Tarantino, but I do, like you guys like you guys already know, I'm a videographer, cinematographer, so I will eventually love to get to a point where I can direct a movie or shoot a movie or write a movie. That would be amazing. That's, that's definitely in the bucket list. But if I, what I would do instead of making a three-hour long movie, because this is why I mentioned Tarantino, because actually one of his interviews that I watched about him a long time ago, he said that when he wrote, uh, when he writes some of his movies like Pulp Fiction or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Django or shit like that, the original script that he writes is about, it, it equals to like a seven, eight hour movie. And then eventually, of course, he has to like shave it down, remove a bunch of shit and ends up with like two, two and a half hours. Usually his movies are a little bit on the longer side. 
But man, my opinion is instead of making a three-hour-long movie, why not just keep an hour, right, of what you originally had? That's, think about it. That's a whole hour that the people don't get to see. That maybe might be better written, might be you know better for the story originally. I don't know, but it's a whole another extra hour, right? Okay, now you're saying, wait, you just said movies shouldn't be three hours, so now you want the movies to be four hours? No. What I'm saying is add an extra hour and split it into two movies, motherfucker. Have two movies, two hours long each. Perfect. Perfect. I'd rather do that. I'd rather wait a year to watch a part two or a sequel. Than to sit in a fucking theater for three hours, bro. I'll tell you that right now. And it's just better overall for the director, for the actors. Because it just means they got more work secure. Think about it. You get double the budget to whoever you sell it to. It's just double everything, bro. It's better. Double the, the, the press, double the money. I mean, come on, bro. Am I, do I really have to go to Hollywood and do everyone's jobs, dude? Fuck three hour long movies this Batman movie should have been two movies two hours each a lot of talking not gonna lie not not a whole lot of action but some decent action not gonna lie good action but a lot of talking and not gonna lie right in the middle of the movie right in the middle your boy fell asleep boom fell asleep for like 10 minutes a whole it was a whole scene bro when they're literally just talking no action, just talking, and oh, he literally was like, <sighs> I was there with my girlfriend, we cuddled, okay, like I said, cushion seats, the, the nice seats, the reclinable seats, alright, we cuddled, and I fell asleep, boom, there was that, that was that, I told her, you were so comfy, we were cuddling, it was so comfy that I just, I couldn't help it, I fell asleep, straight up 10 minutes. And then I woke up and it was good. I watched the rest of the movie. It was good. But that talking scene, bro, was way too long. And uh, I fell asleep. Not gonna lie. The movie should not be three hours long. I said it. But, man, Robert Pattinson, huh? New Batman. It was great. It was great. I liked it. I like how dark it was. They played him. They portrayed him as like a super dark, dark like character. But at the same time, not so... I guess traumatized like of course Batman lost his parents and shit like that but I feel like he acts they make him all like dark and like a little almost emo for no reason I mean yeah you lost your parents when you were young but now you're 30 bro and you got billions of dollars (laughs) like why are you emo for (laughs) you're 30 you're a billionaire yeah your parents died when you were a little kid but I mean you eventually get over that you're still all sad and depressed about that shit? Come on, bro. Stop the cap. Stop the motherfucking cap, bro. You're a billionaire, dude. You're literally a billionaire. And you're all sad and emo and shit. But I loved the way the movie was filmed. And the music that went with this, with the movie was insane. His main song, when, like, when he would come out, oh, it was just like a, this dark, deep piano. I'm telling you, your boy... Knows a thing or two about film and about cinema and about sh- filming movies. I can appreciate shit like that. I feel like most people, when they watch the movies, they don't appreciate little details like I do. And that p- 
piano when he was it was just building the suspense like when he would appear like the first time he appeared with the uh dressed as batman he was gonna save a dude on the subway spoiler alert but and that's not really a spoiler there was a dude being attacked you know just it was literally the beginning of the movie dude being attacked by a gang and uh batman shows up and saves him but like the way they anticipate him coming on coming on like just this deep dark piano like i love that i i've always been a huge fan of uh um movie songs like movie um theme songs i don't know i'm a sucker for some of those because that combined with a good action scene or a good dramatic scene bro can be epic and this was a little epic not gonna lie Another one of my favorite parts, bro, was his car, the Batmobile. It was not like, it was not like the Dark Knight's Batmobile when it was like the super futuristic, military-grade car. Like, it wasn't like that. It which, which is I liked because it was more realistic. It looked like a car that, like he, you know, like any mechanic can pretty much like make, like a, just you know, a little reinforced car. It did have a fucking turbine in the back, so never mind, maybe not. Um, but, bro, that scene, when the, the the car only appears once in the movie, and it's fucking sick, bro. It's fucking sick. The, the movie, you just see the car jumping through flames, and it's epic. That scene was epic. And um, to prepare for these movies, me and my girlfriend watched the, some of the Dark Knight movies. We had already watched the... The one with the Joker, with Heath Ledger, um, of while ago, without before I even know this movie, Batman was gonna come out because I, I was like, I told her, it's like you've never seen the Dark Knight, you have to watch it. So we watched the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, I forget the name, and then we watched the Dark Knight with Tom Hardy, The Dark Knight Rises, right before we went to watch this movie, which was really fucking good, man. I gotta admit, it was really fucking good. I already watched it a long time ago. My girlfriend had never watched it though. I think she liked it. But that movie was one of my fucking... I forgot how good it was. You forget how good those movies are. The Dark Knight? The Dark Knight, bro? Fuck. Bane, dude? Are you kidding me? I was born in the dark. Bro, I quote him all the fucking time, dude. I quote that. My girlfriend hates me, bro. My girlfriend literally hates me. I do that shit almost once a day. Like you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. Something like that. I don't sound like pain, but I like to think I do. Anyways, man, amazing, amazing movies. The Dark Knight. The first one is I. Is I my least favorite? But man, it doesn't compare, bro. I don't know. And I asked my girlfriend. I was like, Hey, which one do you like more, The Dark Knight? Or, you know, this new one with Robert Pattinson. She didn't really tell me. Uh, she didn't really had an answer. And then... It got me thinking of which one do I like more. They're different. They're literally different movies. As far as an actual Batman... While he's wearing the costume and while he's fighting... Don't hate me, but I think I like Robert Pattinson more, bro. And that's a lot to me to say because I fucking love Christian Bale as Batman, bro. Hands down, one of my favorite characters ever. But this motherfucker, Robert Pattinson, can act. He can act. Now, Bruce Wayne, 
without the Batman costume, Christian Bale all day. All right. So if they can, <laughs> if they can maybe do a movie where Christian Bale, Christian Bale, is that how you say his name? Christian. It sounds weird. Christian Bale. I don't know. If if they can make a movie where he plays Bruce Wayne and Robert Pattinson plays Batman, <laughs> that'd be dope. Not gonna lie, because. Robert Pattinson kills it as Batman. Kills it. As Bruce Wayne, not so much. Like I said, he was a little too dark, a little too emo. Again, for no reason, bro. He was a fucking... He's a 30-year billionaire, bro. Single. No kids, no wife. Dude, enjoy your life, bro. At least in the Dark Knight movies, you do see Christian Bale like, being a little more uplifting. He's out there hanging out with girls, you know, out here buying restaurants just to flex... So, I like that. I like that they side. They show that side of Bruce Wayne more. You know, the billionaire guy, playboy guy, whatever. I like that they show that side more on the Dark Knight movies because that's what he's—he's he's a billionaire. I mean, on this bat new Batman movie, he's a billionaire, but all he does is fucking be Batman. Literally, he doesn't do anything else. He does Batman on his free time, like he does. Like he's just doing cop work. He's just doing investigating. He's just in the Batcave chilling. So. But man, a uh, little teaser spoiler at the end. They show, uh, um, I guess, like setting up for the next movie. I don't know. They showed, like, I guess, a villain that was already locked up in jail. But I'm not going to spoil that for you guys just yet because I know this movie is a big deal for a lot of people. So I can spoil you for you. I don't give a fuck. But as far as the spoiling, like, Marvel movies or DC movies, hell no. I know you guys are hardcore with that shit, bro. I would never. <laughs> Anyways, man. Uh, yeah, I guess what else is new? The UFC fights were dope. UFC fights were fucking lit. We had uh, Chaos, Colby, mm, Covington versus Jorge, Gamebred, Masvidal. A little disappointed, man. I thought Masvidal was going to do better. I thought he was going to get the dub. I'm not going to lie. I believed in him. Just because I fucking hate Kobe, bro. He's such an asshole. Such a dickhead. But you got to give props to him. And the guy is insane. He's definitely the number one ranked for a reason. I mean, in another era, in another reality where Usman doesn't exist, or Usman is born 10 years later, Kobe is your... A hundred percent, your dominant champ. Maybe even up there in the pound for pound, bro. Not gonna lie, the guy is so good. Really good striking, amazing wrestling, cardio for days, bro. The guy could fight easily. I think ten rounds with that, no problem, in my opinion. So, I just was expecting a little more from um, uh, from Jorge, a little more output, maybe a little more aggressiveness. Didn't really go in for the kill once he when he had him hurt because he hurt him he dropped him like once or twice but he didn't he didn't really go for the kill man and he he said it he said in the um, interview after the conference that the post fire press conference that he did that because he didn't want to gas out and empty the tank and and um, lose the fight because of that and I think that's the main difference between him and Colby Colby has the gas tank and he even has the ability if he. I think he even has the ability that if he does empty the gas tank, he can recover from it. He can definitely recover. Um, 
you know, because a lot of fighters are like that, man. You see also well, a guy that's like that too is Davidson Figueredo. They empty the gas tank and then they chill for like a minute. They just step back, you know, just a few jabs, more defense, defense, fuck, def fuck, defense. <laughs> Your boy can talk to them, man. Be a little more defensive. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we just had a fucking stroke, literally. Be a little more defensive, chill for a minute, and then they come back. They're able to come back. It's, it's almost like they're recharging. And Colby's like that. He's able to do amazing output, empty the gas tank, and then come back. And and that's why I think the man is just so good. It's his cardio, bro. He just doesn't get tired. And it's just pressure, 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 pressure all five rounds. It was a great fight. It was a good fight. Again, expecting more from um, your boy Jorge. It's, it's going to be weird to see what happens with him now because he's a superstar. He's in like a he's in like a Connor situation where he's a superstar. Not as big as Connor, but he's definitely big. And he's in a situation where he's lost his last three fights. And now he's ranked like seven or eight. I think originally he was six. But before this fight, maybe he's going down. I don't know. Not in the top five. Massive superstar. You know, maybe he can do an amazing fight. Maybe he can fight someone like Nate Diaz again. <sighs> maybe he can fight someone like, you know, a big name. But as far as title shot, I don't know. That guy has a lot of work to do. That guy has a lot of a lot of work to do before he gets a title shot again. Maybe win on maybe win like one or two fights and then maybe maybe he'll be there for the title shot again. It wouldn't be a bad idea to match him up against someone like uh Wonderboy. Would wouldn't be such a good idea. Wonderboy, um, maybe like the winner or the loser of uh, Burns versus Hamzat. You know, Burns versus uh, Masvidal will be a great fight. I think that will be a great fight. A Nate rematch would be amazing because that first fight for the BMF title ended kind of in a controversy, right? It was ended because uh, Nate Diaz had a nasty cut above his uh, eye. You know, property of Jorge Masvidal fucking kick him in the face. Um, and that's why it was ended. So a lot, of, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people wanted to just see that fight play out the whole way. So it was definitely, definitely something that could happen a rematch against between Jorge and um, Nate Diaz, bro. That would be sick. That would be sick. And Colby, man, like I said, like I said in a, a pre I mentioned this in a previous podcast. I don't think Colby gets the title shot right away. He is a number one contender. Yeah, he just beat the shit out of Jorge. Yes. But I don't think he gets the uh, belt right away. I think, uh, first of all, we all know, by the way, he's gonna he wants to fight Poirier. And I don't know if that fight's going to happen. Poirier doesn't seem like he wants to fight him in the UFC, at least. He said that he's going to fight him in the streets. So we'll see if he keeps his word. I will pay $100 to see that. If someone that's nearby can live stream it, I will literally pay $100 to see that shit. And I don't know. Colby kind of, I think he realizes that Usman is a tough, tough, tough opponent. So that's why he wasn't really calling out. When they asked him, they're like, what, do you want Usman again, the rematch? He said, yeah, but like not now. So he's definitely going, I think he's taking a route where he can make a lot of money. Definitely a poorer fight. You know, maybe big names fight, like that. Maybe a DS2. Like, that would be great, bro. There's so many good options, bro. And he definitely deserves, I mean, it's a weird situation because he... This, as far as deserving, he deserves a title shot. If he was uh, 
if this if he had never faced Usman again before, a hundred percent he's next for a title shot. But he already lost Usman twice. And Usman I think is gonna face uh um what's his name? I forget his fucking name. I forget his name, but he's gonna fight him. And and then if he wins that, he's gonna fight the winner of Hamzat versus Burns, which I think is gonna be Hamzat. I think it's gonna be Hamzat, and then there there that goes. The rest of the card was cool, bro. You had RDA versus Moisiano, which is originally supposed to be RDA versus another guy that I forget his name, but that guy had COVID, and had to pull out of the fight with ten days notice. Your boy, um. Fuck, I'm blanking at all these names, bro. Your boy, um, Islam Mahashev had all the intentions in the world, I guess, of fighting that fight. And people were excited because of that. And he had just fought, by the way. He fought like two weeks ago. And he said, I'll step in and fight RDA. Because RDA and him had like unfinished business, like beef before or some shit like that. I don't even know. And I guess uh, it didn't happen because um, it got some traction. It got some hype on social media. I saw some posts about it, and then it got stopped right away because I saw that uh, the UFC right after that announced um, that Moisiano had stepped in and uh, was going to fight RDA, which was a great fight, by the way. People were mad about that fight because, like I said, they wanted um, because, like I said, they wanted uh, someone like uh, uh, Islam to fight. But man, that fight was great. Moisiano had to be transported immediately to the hospital after the fight. His face was his face was beat up, definitely, definitely beat up. Of course, he took the L. RDA took the W. RDA is also a legend, man. Someone that's been in the sport for a long time, former champion, just a fucking legend, straight up legend. Um, I'm telling you right now, I'm a new huge fan now of um one of the fighters that fought before on the on the card it was uh mr bryce mitchell bro oh my god bryce mitchell bro such a good fighter and i'm not i'm not even saying oh my god because of that i'm saying oh my god because uh preparing for this fight i watched some of his interviews and i watched the press conference before the fight during fight week bruh the guy's insane bro like so cool super friendly super funny such a nice guy dude insane fight IQ I was watching him in a, on an interview uh, on a podcast actually and there, it, the podcast was recorded right after the Poirier versus Oliveira fight and the Amanda versus uh, Amanda Nunez Versus the other chick, the uh, the one Amanda lost, um, and the guy was talking about the fights. He was breaking him down, Bryce Mitchell, and bro, he has insane IQ. He was saying what like what he would have done if he was at the position. Not saying that he was better than Poirier or Charles, but he was saying, okay, if I was in this position and I'm Poirier, I want to do this. If I'm in this position, I'm an Oliveira, I want to do this. And again, I'm not saying he's better than them, but he definitely was showing some great IQ and some just some great knowledge of the sport overall, man. He is good. And I like the guy. He's such a good guy. During uh, fight week, during all the interviews, he was just telling everyone how, you know, that all he wanted was to 
for them, the fighters, to just, you know, fight safe and go back to home, back go back to their homes safe and sound. How can you hit a guy like that? I mean, the guy's insane. And, um, and then at the end of the fight, he does say, oh, I'm going to donate half my purse to charity, which is $45,000. That's insane. And that just made me like him even more. So, the guy, man, he's from... <laughs> I'm a sucker for accents, bro. Okay, the only reason why I like him a lot is because of his accents, dude. <laughs> he's got, like, the heaviest country southern accent I've ever heard. Straight up, like, hey, brother. And, dude, the guy is so funny when he talks like that. He's from Arkansas, lives in a farm. He's a top 10. Now he's a top, he's, he wasn't a top 10 before, but now he's a top 10 contender in the UFC, definitely. And the guy lives in a farm in Arkansas in the middle of nowhere, just him and some cattle and some animal, farm animals. And he, you know, he farms, he does, he, he has crops, shit like that, which is super cool to see him. He trains right there on his farm. He has like, sorry, um, you ever seen those videos where like, uh, they build like a gym, like an outdoor gym, but like, you know, just, just wood or like metal or just just like farm shit and he does that <laughs> i see him do like deadlifts or like squats with like a fucking tree trunk and shit it's just so funny man the guy's insane um super funny guy so yeah i'm definitely a fan definitely a fan he was out for like a year due to an injury so it was it'll be cool to see him more active i think he said this year he wants to fight a couple more times so it'll definitely be great to see more activity from him I and mean, he's such a good fighter such a such a good fighter such a nice guy and we'll see yeah, other than that, man, um, that card was good. The next big UFC is going to be April 9th. Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. That's going to be a good one. Uh, I would love to see, instead of the Korean Zombie, I would love to see a rematch against Brian Ortega. A lot of people just forgot about him, I guess, because the Korean Zombie originally was like, you know in between yes or no with taking the fight because I guess he was injured and um, but finally then took the fight um, another name that was mentioned maybe to step in was Max Holloway <clears throat> which don't get me wrong would have been a great fight Max Holloway versus Volkov Alexander Volk would have been a great fight but he already lost to Alexander Volkov so I think twice so what do you do with that another similar situation with you know Usman and Colby, like, you already beat a guy twice, but he's still proving that he's up there in the top top three, top one, top, you know, so. Eventually, you're going to get the rematch, the trilogy fight, so. But the name that I think forgot, people forgot about to throw in that mix, because other people also wanted to get the shot, people that are less ranked. But a name that was forgotten was Brian Ortega, man. The guy was seconds, if not milliseconds, away from winning the title when he fought uh, Volkanovski. He was literally moments away, not even seconds, bro. Like He was literally about to be champion. And I think that, even though he lost the fight by, like, you know, maybe he didn't win as many rounds. Maybe he would have been, like, a two versus three. Maybe it would have been an immediate rematch, but I think he lost four. Um, 
But that fight, that rematch would have been crazy, bro. Brian Ortega, in my opinion, is the best featherweight. I think it's featherweight division, right? Yeah. In my opinion, he's the best featherweight. Uh, Alexander is the champion. Then number one, you got Max Holloway. Number two, you got Brian Ortega. And Korean Zombies, number four. Number three is Jair Rodriguez. Um, I think Brian Ortega can be, if he polishes his stand-up, he can beat uh, Max Holloway. He can beat Alexander Volkanovsky. If you think I'm crazy, I don't give a fuck. I think he can definitely, definitely beat um, Alexander. Because he almost had him last time, bro. He did get beat up pretty strong. That's why I told. That's why I'm saying he should definitely improve his stand-up and his defense on, on his feet. Because the guy gets hit a lot. His face was a mess after the fight. He got beat the fuck up. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man. Another thing that we wanted to talk to you guys about, it's, um, you know, something that, um, I've been passionate about recently. Not recently, but, like, I would say the last few years. I wish, oh, my God, I, I wish, wish that I, I would would have found this stuff, you know, when I was way, way younger. But I'm talking about, in, in general art i'm talking about creativity i'm talking about you know you name it man art whatever type of art is it that you do i love meeting artists i love um talking to people that have an art form um to me it's just like super super interesting to find people like this people like me that like to create stuff um and I'm not saying I'm an artist. It's 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 icky to put my my name, you know, behind the word artist. I I don't do any amazing art per se, but I do create stuff. I do create videos. I do take. I'm a photographer. So um, in in some part, um, I am an artist, right? But I don't think I'm like. Uh, all that like there's people out there literally just like making murals there's people out there fucking making music and to me that to me that's real art that's real real art what i do you know if you're making anything from scratch i think it's amazing and you should be considered an artist so i guess i could consider myself an artist definitely not a, a good good artist not a you know like an amazing artist um, what I do is easy compared to other people's stuff. Um, I I just love to talk to artists and meet artists people. And I wanted to ask you guys, what makes art beautiful, right? Because an artist or someone can, like I said, can make something from scratch. And they can believe in themselves and, and make that thing as they want it to be. Um, like take this podcast for example I'm making this from scratch and I am molding it and making it into what I want it to be and what I want to talk about and when I, sometimes I do a video or when I do a photo uh, when I take a photo I, I do it from scratch I, I take the video I take the photo I edit them I, I throw my own creative splash on it right but I'm always over not overthinking but I'm always second guessing myself if it's good, if people are going to like it. And I guess that just comes with 
all art in general that you do or that anyone does. But man, it's hard because when I'm here sitting in my computer editing a video or editing photos, I I do it the way I like it. Like, oh my god, this looks cool. And but then the thought comes on what. what other people think about it so i always show other people some videos before i like you know post them or or even send them to a client just to get a, a different opinion man because i guess sometimes you can get wrapped wrapped up in your own bubble and forget what other people like what other people don't like and only do what you like and honestly bro i think that's cool i think once you get to a certain point, you can say, nah, fuck what other, what other people like. I have my way of making things, and I will stick to that. I have my formula, and I'll stick to that. And I wish, I, I don't think I'm at that point yet, honestly. I think, and this isn't about me, guys. I was just trying to talk about art in general. But, like, I think that's, I, I feel like if you're an artist, you can pretty much agree that when you're starting, you look for a lot of, uh, you look for a lot of um what's the word I'm trying to think you look for, you you look for a lot of confirmation uh you know from from people that oh my god yeah your work is good you want that pat in the back you want you want a confirmation that your work is good you want verbal confirmation you want to see people's reaction when they hear it when they see it when they feel it whatever it is and if that reaction or if that confirmation is not there, it can fuck with you, bro. It can fuck with you. I know it's fucked with me before, right? Sometimes I, I do something cool that I think is cool with a video or a photo, and I show someone, and like, damn, look at this. And and some of them are like, oh, cool. I mean, in my opinion, like, this shit is cool as fuck, you know what I'm saying? And But when, you, when I show someone else, like, what if I show, like, a hundred people, like, out of those hundred people, how many are gonna think this is cool and this is good, and would buy my product? And uh, honestly, just hard, hard to tell, man. Um, something that appeals to everyone, as far as art, as far as you name it, art, music, podcast, you know, production, film, like fuck, dude. And I feel like. Uh, I feel like most artists feel that way, like I said earlier, until they get to a certain point, right? Once they get to a point where they've had enough of that confirmation and that um, validity, they pretty much just, I don't know when that point exactly comes. Like for me, it'll probably be when I start living full time off of my art. And off of my creativity, so for an for an artist, for a real artist, I'm I'm assuming it's about the same for a real you know musician, for a real whatever. I'm assuming it's about the same. I'm assuming, I'm assuming for a real artists, it's the same way. Where on your early days, you know, you may be working a few jobs, you're doing as a side gig, so you are looking for that confirmation. But then. Once you start, once you get that point of making a living of your craft and of your art, of your music, whatever it is. Once you make a living, once you can pay bills with your shit, man, you can say, fuck 
what everyone thinks about my shit. You cannot like. I don't care if you don't like it. As long as you got money coming in, you can say fuck what the majority of the people think. Because guess what? If a hundred people see your art or, or hear your art or whatever it is, if a hundred people see it and ninety nine people don't like it, but then there's that one person that likes it and buys it, buys your product, you know, believes in you, then that's where you can say, fuck the other 99 people, man, because especially with art, you know, art can get expensive. So one people, one one person just liking them out of 100 will probably pay your bills, depending on what you do. I mean, you will see those cliche, like, art murals that look like dog shit that's, that a kid can draw, right? And they sell for millions and millions of dollars. Um, so, you know, most people don't like that. I personally, when I see an art that it's a little simplistic and just kind of like, it looks like someone grabbed a bucket of paint and just threw it at a wall. Like, to me, that's not that's not super valuable and it doesn't get my attention. But there might be someone out there. There might be, you know, maybe the next person that looks at me, that looks at it after me, will say, oh, my God, this shit is amazing. Let me buy this for $2 million or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So some, some things are like that. So that's what I'm saying. Art is not necessarily what 100 people like. So by 100 people, I mean, like, the masses, right? Art is not necessarily what the masses like bro it's it's you know you what you as an artist look find uh, be able to find your target audience and be able to to see exactly like who is going to like your product and market to that people so i guess i'm not i'm not an artist i'm not i mean I do some shit that I like to think I'm creative, but I'm definitely, definitely not at the level that most people out here are. I'm trying. I'm getting there. Like I said, I would love to get into this stuff way more earlier, man. I only got into my, I only got into uh, videography and photography when I was like 21 years old, 21, 22 years old. So I've been doing it for just a couple of years, man. And right now I'm 23. But I would love, I would, I would literally pay a million dollars. If I'm able to travel back in time, find myself from middle school and say, here, motherfucker, grab this camera and just create shit and just be creative or not even the camera. Like I've always been into music. I've always been heavy, heavy into music and I've always owned a few guitars and I love to play guitar and I love to listen to guitar riffs and solos and I just it makes me feel some type of way. It's so amazing to me. It's so, I don't know how to explain it. It's so calming to me to listen to a good guitar riff, to a good solo. And for the longest, man, I was learning guitar. And I just, for some for a reason or another, I would just drop it and not continue. Right now, I've picked it back up a little bit. Just because, like I said, man, I for the last couple of years, I just felt so creative. You know, with doing the videos and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, let me pick up my guitar again. It's a guitar that I had already bought a few years ago. And let me see how I feel, man. So I've been, you know, doing my thing, learn, learning a few songs and stuff like that. And so, and so that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not, I'm I'm, very, I'm on my very, very early stages of my, like, art career, I guess you can say, creativity. 
so I don't I don't consider myself a successful artist by any means because like I said earlier you know maybe it has to get to a point where you're make you're living fully after craft and I'm not there yet I'm making good living okay my business is actually going somewhat good but I'm still not making a full living I still I'm at that point where I need I need that confirmation man that my art is good so I'm sh- I'm, ass- I'm assuming a lot of you guys if you're listening if you're some type of artist you you kind of understand what I'm talking about but yeah man it, would you prefer a hundred people like your product and just give you a confirmation just say oh yeah it's good good and don't buy it or would you prefer 99 people don't like it and one person says hey that shit is dope let me buy it how much is it I'll pay whatever it is I mean I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, from a, from an artist standpoint, that's amazing, from a business standpoint, that's not good, right, and that's where, that's where I've always had issues too, okay, how do you balance art, because eventually being an artist and, and living off your craft, it's it's really running a business, it's really what it is, but then you have to deal with the shit that comes with, with running a business, right, which I can get into all day if you guys want, you know, Share like you have to buy the LLC and you have to answer the emails and you have to, um, you know, just be aware of your finances and your marketing and, and, and client and marketing and fucking networking and try to get clients, try to get leads, try to secure a bag. You know what I'm saying? All the shit that comes to being an artist because God knows, man, I could sit here all day and simply just record videos, videography, take photos, just go out and about and take amazing photos of random shit. But at the end of the day, you have to sell your product, right? You have to market it. You have to advertise it. So you can't really just sit on your back and expect it to make money for you and so So you do have to go through all the issues of running a business, which I have actually super enjoyed, man. I have loved the whole process of actually, you know, essentially making a business from scratch. Me and my partner, like I mentioned you guys earlier, we fucking made a business from straight scratch, bro, literally from the dirt up. And it's our second year, and you know I was looking at my fine. I was looking at our finances the other day, and uh, and that's another thing when you have to deal with finances and just all the shit I mentioned above. Like, you know, you have to pay subscriptions to certain things. We have our subscri- we have a subscription that makes like our own accounting, and uh, the LLC, and you know our website and all of that. So everything that comes to being an artist man it it goes perfectly side by side to being a business but how do you make sure it doesn't overlap your art right because business sometimes can get frustrating can get pretty um what's the word i'm looking for can get pretty corporate you know can get pretty serious so how do you not let that shit overlap into your art it's crazy i I don't know if I know that answer. I mean, sometimes I'm not able to create anything. You know, sometimes I'm not able to make any photos or videos or podcasts, whatever it is, because I'm dealing with business side of things, right? And it's, uh, but like I said, you have to learn a balance. And that's the thing what I'm doing right now. I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely learning. You have to learn to balance it because they go hand on hand, man, they go hand on hand, you know, without your art, you wouldn't have a business, 
And without your business, you will not be living off your art. So it's definitely a, definitely a yin-yang situation. Definitely just they two correlated and goes perfectly uh, uh, next to each other. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, sorry, going back to my point, which, you know, from a business standpoint, it's okay to, sorry, from a, from a business standpoint, you don't want only one people to like your product. You want, out of those hundred, preferably you want a hundred people to buy your product, but you want them to buy it. If you're looking for that verification that your product is good and all you're really looking for is that like pad in the back, that, oh yeah, good job, man. Out of a hundred people, like I said, by a hundred people, sometimes I mean like the masses, all right? I'm talking about the masses. If you just want that uh, pat on the back verification from 100 people that say, hey, it's good, but they don't buy your product, then how are you able to sustain yourself, right? So I think what you do is you don't try to appeal to 100 people. And like I said, from a business standpoint, this is bad, right? This is horrible because the more, the better, right? From business, when you're selling a product, the more, the better. But would you rather sell 100, would you rather sell 100 products for one dollar or sell like 20 30 products you know for thousands of dollars each right i know i know what my answer is i'm definitely going to want to sell least products for the most amount of uh for the most amount of money i mean and that's what i'm trying to get to uh Make sure your product doesn't appeal to the masses. Make sure your product doesn't appeal to 100 people. Make sure your product is a little more curated, a little more personalized, and a little more unique. Okay? That's the main one. It has to be unique to you, to what you like, what you think it's good. And I know I still do it, and I'm going to try not to do it anymore, but I'm going to recommend you to also do it. Do not look for that pat in the back. Do not look for that. You know, verification every time that you make something, some every time you make something, period. Do not look for that verification. If you think it's good, and if you think it's worthy of putting out there in the world, in your social media, of advertising it and marketing and probably selling it, if you think it's good enough, then that's good enough. All right? Because at that point, you can put your own price on your own product. If, and that's where the business comes in. You look at how m potential people will buy it, and then you create a budget. And, you know, like I said, would you rather sell one thing that's okay that 100 people are going to like? Or would you rather make something more unique and more curated for a specific audience? And maybe that's only 20 people, right? But you can sell that product for thousands of dollars each a pop, right? $1,000 each, let's say. Well, now you have $20,000 instead of 100 Just because you took that risk, you banked on yourself, you believed in yourself, and you made more money out of it. You basically believed in yourself. You took the risk. It's a risk. That's all it is, man. It's a fucking risk. And, you know, life's a risk. That's all it is. I'm not trying to get too <laughs> fucking... Uh, uh, poetic on you guys but life's a risk man and if you don't take risks some, from time to time you will be in a hole right making a hundred dollars 
this exact that's exactly what that scenario is all right you did not took a risk you preferred appeal to more people because you were looking for that pat on the back for that assertiveness for that verification from a hundred people to the from the masses right instead of believing in yourself and saying nah i don't need verification my product is good i know it's good i'm gonna sell it at a thousand dollars you know instead of one dollar right and that goes back to my question man would you rather i'm not gonna repeat myself anymore but yeah man Uh, i guess i'm trying to say is i'm not a successful artist yet by any means i would love to be there at a point and i think that um that's my only advice if i've learned anything in the last couple of years in you know trying to achieve uh living out of my own art and out of my own craft it's this it's that don't get too caught up on trying to appeal to all the masses don't get too caught up on if you have a podcast trying to get hundreds of thousands of views man because what if those hundreds of thousands of views doesn't do anything to you i mean yeah it's good don't get me wrong like i said from a business standpoint it's good it's backwards right because from a bit when you're running a business you focus on getting the most amount of numbers possible right the most amount of of uh, uh analytics the most amount of money possible right but you just have to find a balance you have to find a balance between uh your craft your art and your business because they go they go hand in hand like i said you don't have a business without your craft and without a business your craft is nothing it's not valuable it's worth zero dollars right if you cannot market yourself and advertise yourself and be able to sell your product and you believe in your product, that's the most important thing. If you want to sell something, you have to believe in it. You can't just sell something when you say, eh, it's good. I, I put a little effort into it. Hopefully someone buys it. No, man. If you have that energy and you have that mentality, no one's going to buy it. No one. So I guess what I'm trying to say as an artist, man, I, like I said, I'm not an artist expert per se or any reason but man i do do really think if you're an artist of some sort just believe in yourself man like i said i was trying to get that point earlier and i sidetracked if i have learned anything this past couple of years from running my business as an artist i think you should believe in yourself believe in your work don't try to appeal to the masses okay who gives a fuck about the masses they can eat a dick if you're looking for just that verification for a pat in the back, then you're doing it wrong. You're doing it for the wrong things. And people, you know what? I have a little uh, side to that. People think, oh, I don't do it for the money. Oh, really? Bro, then what the fuck are you doing it for, huh? What, are you just trying to... I'm going to put the example of like a painter. Let's say a painter paints a beautiful, beautiful mural. And and that mural potentially gets can he sell it for a millions of dollars and he says nah I don't do it for the money. Oh really? Then what are you doing it for? Sure, if that's what you want to do, go for it. If you want to paint your mural, and then go back to working your nine to five job, go for it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I do that right now. I'm eventually trying to get to a point where I do it full time. So, yes, I do do it for the money. But guess what? It goes hand in hand, man. Again, because the more money I get, 
the more resources I can get to make my art better and my craft better, right? So if you're not doing it for the money, I get it. It's like cool to say it's spiritual. Yeah, man, I'm doing it for the love of art. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, honestly. Because like I said, man, if you want to run a successful business, which if you essentially are an artist and are trying to sell your art, that's what it is. You're a business. You're 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 making businesses. That's what you're making, right? You you can't deny it. I'm sorry, but if you are an artist of any kind, and your goal is to make money out of it, you're you're running a business. That's what it is. And you cannot run a business without money. All right. So if people say, "Oh, I'm doing, I'm not doing it for the money." Okay, that's fine. You know, spend twelve hours. Spend spend weeks crafting something, making something, so that it's worth nothing, because you won't sell it, because you won't advertise it, you won't market it. This may be controversial. This people might disagree with this, right? But that's the thing. What I believe, man. You can spend weeks and weeks. Making something, building something, painting something, being artists, putting, pouring out your whole creativity to this, your time, your sweat, man, your tears, and you just what? You're just not gonna sell it, and you're just gonna spend all that time, and now you're gonna go back to working your nine to five, which again, it's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you wanna do, man, go for it. Honestly, I respect it. I respect it so much because. That means that you have achieved the point that the only validation you need and the only pat on the back you need, it's from you. And that's actually kind of beautiful, right? That's actually kind of beautiful. So I get it why some people do that, right? They don't want to put their art out there in the world and have it been critiqued by a bunch of people and then maybe someone will buy it. And I don't know, is that is that ego? I don't know. I don't think so, honestly. I think it's just believing in yourself. But that's believing in yourself way too much, I, I think. Because you always got to have an edge. You always got to have, in everything you do, this is not only with art, but everything. You can do, it, it can be, this can relate to everything in the world. If you're doing something good, if you're good at something and you do it for a living, it's a hobby, whatever, It's good to believe in yourself and have confidence, but you always have to be a little critical of yourself. You always have to say, hmm, I could have done better. You always have to say, you know what, let me try this next time, maybe it'll work better. You always have to be critical of yourself no matter what. You can you can appeal to those 100 masses, to the 100 people, to the masses. You can, 100% of the masses can like your product, but you always have to be a little critical of yourself and say, hmm. I wonder what would happen if I do this differently or let me do this differently next time or just be super critical, man. Get down into the details, man. Get dig down and dirty and figure out how it could be better. Every time, because that's what it is. There's no end to art or anything, really. There's no end. There's no point you can get that you can't do anymore with anything, right? Like, art is pretty much infinite. I mean, think of how many songs have been recorded and since music started. I mean, how many fucking songs are there? How many fucking musical notes are there? How many different combinations could you make with it? Infinite, bro. 
How many things can you paint on a wall? Infinite things, literally. I mean, I think this also relates to just pretty much anything, bro. Like, let's think of a sports. Like, let's say you're a football player, right? And you wanna hit, you wanna, you know, push the envelope. If you wanna uh, achieve a goal, right? Let's say you your goal is to break some records. You break a couple records. Well, guess what, dude? That's cool, but. Next year, you could always break them again, now better, right, and faster, right? Some shit like that. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to compare real life, like, what shit to art. I'm saying it's infinite. You're never going to run out of ideas. As long as you stay creative and keep your mind sharp, you're never going to run out of ideas of what to make, what to craft. So, props to you if you're an artist and... You're not doing it for the money, man. Shit. I recommend you switch. Because living off of your craft and making money of your craft, it honestly feels amazing, I gotta say. The few first paychecks, the few, sorry, not paychecks, the few first um, checks I've gotten from clients because they're wanting to buy my product, it just feels good, man. It feels so good. And it's not even about the money. That money, guess what I did with that money? I reinvested it back into my business. I reinvested it back into my craft. I did not keep that money. And that's why I think, you know, if you're not doing it for the money, you're kind of fucked, right? Because as an artist, as a cra- uh, as a crafting something, as, as a business owner, no one's handing you anything. No one's giving you tools. No one's giving you equipment. No one's giving you canvases. No one's giving you anything. You have to provide for yourself and get all those things. So if you're not selling your art, how are you going to make more art? Like I said, you could have a 9 to 5. That's perfect. That's what, I, that's what I do, man. That's what I do now. I take some of my money that I make from my work and I invest it into my business. Not anymore now. Now, actually, my business has been a little more... Um, th- this year, 2022, my, my business has completely been running off of its own money. So that's actually something I could say I'm proud of, right? I no longer need to take money from my personal business account into my business. Sorry, sorry. I no longer have to t- take money from my personal account, uh, bank account, and put it into my business account. Now, I'm at a point where it's sustaining itself. And right now, it's a snowball. But it's a small snowball, right? It's medium-sized, actually, you know? But guess what? As that snowball keeps running down into the hill, down into the mountain, every time it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So, again, if you are doing some type of art, and if you're spending hours and maybe days or weeks on it and you're pouring your sweat, your blood, your tears on it, man, don't let it not, you know, make you money. I don't know. Make you money sounds like, yeah, I get it why some people don't make art for money. I mean, it sounds a little, I guess, egotistical or something. What I'm trying to say is, if you have the chance to sell it and lay it off of your art, take it, man. Take it. Because then it just comes with, you know, it comes with so many better things. All of a sudden, you're your own boss. People don't think about that a lot when you're an artist. You're your own boss, bro. 
You make the decisions that you want to make for your art, for your business, for your life. You're your own boss. You don't have to answer to anyone. So wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like a life where you're your own boss, your job is to be creative and make art, and you sell it for a lot of money? Who wouldn't like that life? I'm just saying. And again, nothing wrong if that's not what you want. If you just want to spend weeks and weeks on a project and still work your nine to five and don't sell and then finish your product and say, huh, I'm happy with it. I'm good with it. And just don't show anyone, you know, maybe you put it on social media, but you don't sell it. Maybe you're just doing it as a hobby. And all the only pat on the back the only verification you need it's from you good job like that's good if you want to do all those things that's great and honestly I respect you for doing that but I will challenge you to try to make a living off your craft try to make a living off your creativity and let me see how that goes man I guarantee you it's a little more fulfilling I guarantee you you'll feel more like you have a purpose because man when you're working the 9 to 5 you can you can love your job but it just feels a little meaningless. It just feels like you are doing it for nothing. What are you clocking in and clocking out, working 40 hours a week for who? For someone else's business? Someone that doesn't even like care about you? They can if if you were to like that famous quote, you know, you pour your life into a job that can pretty much replace you the moment you die. Or the moment you can't work anymore. Or, you know, they'll just fire you because you're too slow. Or you're, you know, not learning fast enough. Like, sorry, but I, if I had to decide between that or, you know, me banking on myself, taking a risk on myself and potentially coming out the other side with a successful business... I'll take that risk every single time. But that's just me. And like I said, if you want to do option A, man, good for you and props to you, brother. Props to you, honestly. My whole respect. My whole respect. Anyways, man, I know I was kind of just rambling on, but uh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, we can call it a day here. Uh, you know, once again, man, I fucking love you guys. You have no fucking clue how much this fucking means to me. And I'm saying fucking a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you have no idea what this means to me, man. The fact that there's actually uh, someone out there listening to me, uh, to me, is mind-blowing. So, if you like the podcast, if you like what I have to say, definitely come back. Maybe subscribe, maybe hit a like, hit a follow, whatever it is. Um, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I just appreciate you guys. Uh, well, this was episode five for the books, and I am out.